Welcome back to another edition of the Volunteer State. And I think the Vols just scored another touchdown on UT Martin. Tennessee is 7-0 heading into its game against Kentucky this week. I'm Blake Topmeyer alongside Adam Sparks and John Adams of the Knoxville News Sentinel. Guys, the uh, I think the less said, the better about that Martin game. Not because it didn't go well for Tennessee, but because, well, what did we think was going to happen? Exactly what did happen. So let's just move on and, and get right into Kentucky week. This is... Uh, officially labeled a rivalry game, I think at times for Tennessee. Hasn't necessarily felt like a huge rivalry because Tennessee has dominated this series for stretches. But here in the last handful of years, Kentucky's gotten a lot more competitive. They've gotten, uh, they've turned this into a, a challenging game for Tennessee. They've beat them a couple times in the last uh, four matchups. So what do we think about this being you know, a potential quote unquote trap game, you know, before Georgia in November. Is this a game that could give Tennessee problems or do we think nothing to see here? The Vols are fine until they roll into that Georgia matchup. I don't think it's uh, number one. I don't think it's a trap game because it'll be, uh, I don't think the atmosphere will allow it to be, it'll be a sellout crowd. It'll be loud. Um, there'll be quite a, quite an environment there. Um, Kentucky is ranked now. I, I think it could potentially be a trap game if you had a Kentucky team from, you know, a pre a pre Stoops Kentucky team. But uh, th- this one's good. And Josh under the Josh Hopple regime, this was uh, I mean, this was a game that Tennessee had to win it at the end last year in, in a shootout. Same quarterback is back this year in a slightly different team. But um, I, I just don't see this Tennessee team overlooking this game. I, I would almost think maybe fans knowing more of the history would would overlook this game more than the actual current team would be. I, I like Tennessee's chances in this one. I think Tennessee, I mean, I think the, the line is double digits, and I would probably pick it low double digits, you know, 10, 14 points, mostly because it, Tennessee will play its type of game the up-tempo, high-scoring game in Kentucky, if they're like everybody else, will have to try to match that. And they matched it pretty well last year. I think Kentucky is not as well-equipped to do it this year, and I think Tennessee is can push it even further than they did last year, which is what we've seen in the first seven games. Uh, so this, this game will get up in the high 30s, maybe 40s, and I don't think Kentucky can keep pace. If you looked at last year's game, you know, that was 45-42, and the time of possession was 46 minutes to 14 minutes. Tennessee won that game with 45 points. Having It was actually like 13.50s in less than 14 minutes. And uh, that just shows you sort of the type of game that Tennessee is comfortable in and Kentucky is not. Uh, Kentucky's top 10 in the country in time of possession. Tennessee cares nothing about time of possession. And if that's the type of game that they want to play, then that's – that's what it'll be. Alabama was forced into that. LSU was forced into that. Florida, to some extent, was forced into that. And uh, Tennessee is comfortable in that. If it goes that way, I, I think Levis can do a lot of damage, just like almost every other SEC quarterback has against Tennessee's pass defense. But but I just I, I think Tennessee is perfectly fine with playing that because they're just they're they're just going to score more. That's the simple part of it. Yeah, I don't think it's a trap game either. I, I think that the team that's trapped will be Kentucky. I, uh, 
Uh, I think Kentucky's really overmatched. I, it, the difference in this Kentucky team and last year's team, though it has the same quarterback, it has the uh, same running back now that Chris Rodriguez is back. Offensive line is not as good. And Tennessee can pressure a passer against a weak offensive line. So I just – I think um, – I don't think this game will be close. I'll be surprised if it is. I agree with you guys, even though I floated the question. I, I, I don't believe the answer is yes to my own question. I, I don't see this as a trap game either for all the reasons uh, you guys mentioned. I think, as Adam said, Tennessee is comfortable if this becomes a high-scoring game and is it is poised um, – to just maybe kind of gradually pull away from from Kentucky. I think they have the more polished offense. John, you make a good point with Kentucky's offensive line not being as sturdy as, as usual. I do like the the Vols to take care of business in, in this game. What's interesting, guys, um, I posed this question to Tennessee fans a couple of weeks ago uh, heading into the Alabama rivalry. I polled, I guess it was more than 200 Vols fans, and I said, you know, if the SEC moves to this nine-game conference schedule, which seems very, very likely after Oklahoma and Texas join the conference, we know in that nine-game conference schedule that each team would have three designated rivals that they would play annually. And I, I these Tennessee fans I polled, I said, give me your three rivals you would want Tennessee to play every year. Obviously, there was a variety of picks. I think every SEC team except Texas A&M appeared on at least one ballot. However, Kentucky appeared on the most ballots. That kind of surprised me. I thought maybe it would be Alabama or Vanderbilt or somebody like that would appear on the most ballots. But Kentucky appeared on over 70% of the ballots I received as, as fans wanting them as one of their three rivals. Now, you could look at that a couple ways. Maybe, you know, fans say, hey, you know, we're probably going to get Alabama as one of our rivals, so we want something to balance that out. Kentucky is that team. However, I would have thought those fans would have maybe voted even more heavily for Vanderbilt, which appeared on only about 60% of the ballots. So what do you guys make of of that? You know, do, do you think, because, I mean, historically, Tennessee fans haven't seen this as a huge rivalry, right? Am I missing something? There, what do you guys think? It's a historical rivalry that Tennessee knows that it it usually wins. I think that's, you know, you're you're not going to pick Alabama necessarily because Tennessee, until this year, had been losing that game a lot. Uh, you know, big Georgia, sort of for the same reason. Um, Vanderbilt seems too obvious, and I think a lot of Tennessee fans are just really not interested in that in that game. Kentucky, I think for a lot of Tennessee fans, is the right mix of, yes, it's absolutely a rivalry. History says it is, but you you, you usually win it. The, the two programs are comparable enough to call it a real rivalry, but Tennessee is obviously the better program. So it makes you feel good to call that a rivalry if you're a Tennessee fan. Uh, I, I will say that I'll, I'll probably write about this this week. All three of us may write about this this week is sort of the rivalries that Tennessee has. Alabama absolutely is one. Kentucky, or Kentucky absolutely is one. Vanderbilt's the in-state rival. Um, Georgia is to some extent. Auburn, for people remember, Auburn used to be a pretty good rivalry. Uh, and, Florida. And I'm, I'm missing, uh, Florida is the, you know, especially for about two decades or more, was a rivalry. Um, 
other teams don't have this many rivalries. I mean, some of it speaks to the passion of Tennessee that they sort of, you know, search out things that are important, that makes games important. When you have that passionate and big of a fan base, that, that seems to happen. I think there's also a hatred other teams toward Tennessee. I think that that factors into it. The tradition that you can look in a lot of different eras and pick out a a rivalry from the 50s or the 70s or the 90s, and you can sort of carry that on rather than ending it. I think that speaks to sort of the tradition of Tennessee. But a lot of other schools don't have this many rivalries. Like you were talking about trying to figure out the three uh, permanent opponents if they go to the nine-game conference schedule. There are teams in the SEC that can't figure out who their three would be. South Carolina's South Carolina's going to have to have a filler. Missouri's going to have to have a filler. It, 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 Tennessee is going to have to actually pick, end up with three of the top six or seven rivalries they have. And so I think that's, you know, that's that's unique with Tennessee fans. But Kentucky is one. But Tennessee beats Kentucky enough to say we dominate that rivalry. Yeah, I think the basketball factors into it because beating Kentucky in basketball is such a big deal. Kentucky's the basketball program in the SEC. Tennessee's also had a good basketball program for a lot of years. And and beating Kentucky was about as good as it got during the regular season for Tennessee basketball. So you kind of put that together. So you have the the best of all football possible worlds with, as Adam pointed out, You've got a rival. Yep, they're our rival. And you beat them most of the time. I mean, you beat them a lot. And uh, and then you factor in the basketball. And when you beat them in basketball, it's big news. So I think you put all that together. It's for Vanderbilt. I think Tennessee fans, they would feel guilty if they said Vanderbilt. Because it's like about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't lower ourselves that much. And and I don't, I don't mean to offend Adam, who covered Vanderbilt football for a while. I know you're invested in that program, Adam. When I when I covered Vanderbilt, this was a pretty pretty competitive series. <laughs> yeah, it was. You you were there during the James Franklin era, right? I, I, w- I was sent to Knoxville basically for Tennessee to to get this this thing back where it used to be. Yeah, you and General Nealon kind of turned that rivalry around. So yeah, they just want didn't want to stoop that low to pick on Vanderbilt. With this Kentucky rivalry, guys, this this used to be a trophy game. Uh, as as many Tennessee fans know, the the beer barrel trophy was awarded to the winning side, and it was this you know barrel that was painted uh, orange and and blue, and uh, the winning side got the got the beer barrel. So most years that went to Tennessee, and and that was the tradition for for decades, for over uh, like seventy years, until before the nineteen ninety eight game. In, in which uh, there was a, a alcohol-related car wreck. One of the Kentucky football players was at the wheel. His his blood alcohol content uh, in in that wreck was about twice the legal limit, and um, and two two people died. One of them was a a Kentucky player, and the other was an Eastern Kentucky student. So ahead of the 1998 game the decision was made that the beer barrel was was no longer going to be awarded to the winning side of this rivalry. Uh, it resurfaced in a, in a photo from former Tennessee and later disgraced assistant Brian Niedermeyer, who was among those fired for cause from Jeremy Pruitt's staff. He, he posed with a photo 
of the beer barrel a few years back. So we know at least back then it, it still existed and Tennessee possessed it, but it hasn't publicly appeared in this rivalry. Now, over the years, we've heard from a lot of fans say, hey, that was a pretty cool trophy. We should, we should bring that back. And and the SEC has thawed in its stance toward alcohol for years. You know, you, you couldn't buy alcohol in the public seating areas of SEC stadiums. Now, many stadiums allow that, including Tennessee. There will be, it's a night game on Saturday. There will be drunks galore in the stands on Saturday night. The, the SEC is, is, is embracing for the most part now a relationship with alcohol. Um, do you guys think that there's something here? Should the beer barrel be brought back? I mean, we've seen Danny White. He brought back the the Vols letters on top of the stadium. They're different letters, but that's obviously re-embracing an old tradition. And if fans ask for something, if there's enough enthusiasm for something, we've seen him you know, show an interest toward it. But obviously there was a compelling reason why this beer barrel went away in the 90s after that car accident where two individuals were were killed. What do you guys think about this? Do, do you think there's an appetite to bring the beer, beer barrel back? And, and would you like to see it make its return? A lot of people want the beer barrel back. Uh, there's actually an easy solution to this. It's just rebranding and some cooperation from major media companies, particularly ESPN, SEC Network. I mean, you know, this week, uh, Florida and Georgia will play. We call that the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. You you won't see that listed on the TV broadcast of that game because they just don't call it that anymore. Uh, when Oklahoma and Texas play, what do we call that? We call it the Red River, Red River Shootout, but it's the Red River Showdown now, right? But I still caught the shootout because I did for many, many years, right? It's just branding. It's Tennessee, Kentucky is the battle for the barrel, and you get a beer barrel. Drop the beer. And it's a barrel. Uh, this is the, this is the second time I, I guess Vandy has been brought up in this pod, which is I think the over under is like a half. But um, when I cover Vanderbilt in baseball, uh, one of their baseball rivals was uh, Louisville, and they they play the Battle of the Barrel, not for the Barrel, Battle of the Barrel, and they have like a, a small barrel. It's not a big one like what Kentucky and Tennessee would play for. There's a small oak barrel. You didn't say it was, I mean, it was Tennessee whiskey versus Kentucky bourbon. That was the idea, right? But it was just, it was just a battle of the barrel and it was, uh, it was an oak barrel. And so just drop the beer part of it and make sure SEC Network and CBS and ESPN and all those never say the word beer. And it's just a barrel. It's just an item and everybody understands what it is and fans will still call it the beer barrel. That, that, that's all it is. It's, it's a simple solution. I'm impressed with how corporate Adam has become in his thinking. <laughs> I think you're going to go far in our company, Adam, much farther than I have. John, you would still call it the beer barrel then? You, you wouldn't cooperate with this? I think I would call it the non-alcoholic beer barrel. The, the O'Doul's barrel? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that that incident Back then, I was reading about it, and the Kentucky was a starting center. Jason Watts was the driver of that tragic accident. And the year before, he'd been involved in an in an incident involving drinking in which he'd he'd shot a teammate in the buttocks with a with a gun, and he was okay. But uh, so 
I guess they could have thought about discontinuing it back then. I won't go any further down this road, but I was surprised to read that and nothing was done about that apparently. So no, I don't care what they do with the beer barrel, bring it back, keep it where just don't ever mention it again. Blake, uh, it's your question. What, what do you think about it? Well, at first a thought, and then I'll answer the, the question. One potential snafu I could see here is there's only four schools in the SEC that now do not do stadium-wide alcohol sales. That you know, Maybe they sell them in the premium seating areas, but they're not doing the stadium-wide sales. Of course, Tennessee is not one of them. It is you know, tall boys galore at the concession stands now, but Kentucky is one of those four that do not do the stadium-wide alcohol sales. If you're in the premium seating areas, booze it up. If you're in the general seating areas, you're a peasant, and you (laughs) don't get to buy alcohol. So that, to me, seems like a a potential snafu here. But, yeah, in answer to the own question, I guess I kind of lean toward bringing it back. I think it's sort of hypocritical to have this big embrace of alcohol in the stadiums now and then you're going to say well you can't have a beer barrel be the trophy i mean it's i don't think it's filled with beer actually it's just a (laughs) it's just a wooden barrel you know nobody's doing keg stands out of it and to adam's point you just rebrand it as the battle for the barrel and not call it the the beer barrel whatever now i would still call it the beer barrel because i still call it the cocktail party uh you know some some marketing minion isn't going to tell me what to do, and uh, that's that's my stance. Check your email, Blake. Check your email. <laughs> right, <laughs> Blake. Still... You, you you won't go as far in this company as as Adam will. Adam <laughs> is destined for stardom. Well, sure. Yeah, if it's a, if it's one of our company's marketing minions telling us what to do, then maybe I'll listen to it. But some third party marketing minion is not going to tell me what to do. And so, yeah, I mean. I mean, I, it's not a hill that I'm I'm gonna go, you know, stand and 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 take up camp on, I guess. But I guess I would lean toward bringing the the barrel back. I, I think you see all these trophy games with these stupid trophies. I mean, I remember when I was covering Missouri, and so Missouri would end the regular season against Arkansas in the quote unquote battle line rivalry, which was created by the SEC. Well, first of all. No one in those fan bases, while I was covering that game, called it the battle line rivalry. You could have walked down a street in Columbia and said the week of that game, anybody excited for the battle line rivalry? And nobody would have an idea what you were talking about. Second of all, the trophy was this monstrosity. I mean, just huge. It took, you know, I don't know how many people to hoist that thing up. It was the two states connected, kind of like the battle of the boot with uh, Kentucky and LSU, just this hideous trophy. So it's like, you know, we've got these stupid trophies being awarded for these make-believe rivalries. And then you actually have what was kind of a cool-looking trophy, the beer barrel, for what has been a long historic rivalry, and you got that thing shuttered away. Now, again, I understand why it wasn't awarded for, for many years. It would have been insensitive, I think, to trot that thing out there in 1998 after the fatalities that that happened before that game. But time has passed. The SEC's relationship with alcohol has evolved. And so I guess I lean toward people want it. If there's a demand for it, bring it back. 
What? I, 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 I love the 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 trophy talk. I covered uh, many years ago. I covered MTSU, and they had a rivalry with Troy that was sort of created. It was called the Battle for the Palladium. It was a Palladium trophy. There's a whole history behind why why they did that. Um, but Troy used to be Troy State beat MTSU a number of years in a row, and so there would only you would only see like photos. We found out later close up photos of this Palladium trophy. A game many years later, I covered MTSU actually won it. They brought the trophy out. A huge defensive lineman ran out there to pick it up. <laughs> it was the size of like a twenty ounce Coke bottle. It's like, oh, no. like like a t-ball trophy they've been taking photos of this thing really really close up and you thought it was like this monstrosity and and uh this defensive lineman i remember i shot a video of him getting in it he said wait that's it that's really it <laughs> after after like five or six years of trying to win this thing he's like this isn't, yeah. this isn't really it is it isn't there a paul bunyan like a paul bunyan axe or something by yeah, yeah. minnesota's involved in that minnesota, one right? yeah in Wisconsin, I think. That would be my guess, yeah. 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 I went to I went to school at, at Truman in northeast Missouri and they played in the old hickory stick game against Northwest Missouri State. Of course, Northwest Missouri State was a division two power and Truman was not. And uh yeah, there were folks around Truman that had not seen seen the hickory stick in years and years because I don't think Northwest even bothered to bring it or celebrate with it because they just you know they expected <laughs> to to beat Truman by about 50 points so it's kind of ridiculous to have them celebrate afterwards like they'd done something special but I did see photos of the old hickory stick from back in the day and you know you'd think it'd be this like huge branch or something really impressive it was about looked like about a, a 12 inch ruler it was about that width, about twelve inches long, and you know, you just see someone hold it, hold it in the air. It's like, yeah, this isn't impressive at all. No. So there are there are some good trophies out there. There's some bad trophies out there. You're right, John. I don't know if anything will top the Paul Bunyan axe. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess if there was any axe incidents, they they'd have to shutter that thing up for for a while. But well, no, it it's ongoing. So that might be the the gold standard, but I I do think as far as trophies go, the beer barrel uh, was a was a pretty good one. Remember Tennessee Tech and uh, MTSU used to play back in the OVC days. Used to play for um, a trophy. It was an Alaskan totem pole called Shini Nini, uh, and they don't play anymore, really. Which I always thought in this age. It seems problematic, even though I don't think it really was, but it seemed problematic to be playing for a for a totem pole called a shiny ninny. Uh but that but that does exist. That's uh uh it's 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 still around. But it, it's beer barrel is not the oddest trophy by any Tennessee school for sure. We'll see how it goes. I don't I don't know that there's much momentum uh between the administrations to to bring this back. And I think fan stance has been probably the same as they've had for years. Either you think it needs to come back or you don't really care much about it. I'd say in Tennessee land, probably the bigger caring right now is winning this game and, and setting up, you know, what would be one of the biggest games and well, I guess the biggest game since the Alabama game. Uh, but uh, <laughs> as far as the Georgia series goes, just uh, obviously a huge game in, in a couple of weeks. If, if Tennessee can, can take care of this on Saturday night. Guys, as we sit here, kind of moving toward the the end of October, this will be the final game until 
head in the November, which is where you get remembered. I've heard from about a hundred different coaches over the years. As Adam mentioned, Tennessee sits at number three in the polls right now. We saw another undefeated team, UCLA, go down on Saturday. I think that bodes well for the SEC's chances of trying to get two teams in the playoffs. The more undefeated teams that lose in other conferences, the better for the SEC. What are your guys' thoughts in closing here on the SEC's chances of putting two teams in the playoffs? Because, of course, that could become especially relevant to Tennessee. We will see the first playoff rankings in the aftermath of this game on Saturday. They'll they'll come out later in the weekend. Uh, Well, I believe it's, I don't know, it's either Sunday or Monday. Sometime uh, in the aftermath of this Kentucky game, we'll get our first playoff rankings. So how do you guys feel right now? about the SEC's ability to get two teams into the playoff? I mean, I feel pretty good about it if things go if, – if we don't have upsets. So, like, you know, if, if Tennessee beats Kentucky this week, uh, you can sort of hold serve. It really just comes down to two games, uh, Tennessee-Georgia and the SEC title game, because I'm, I'm assuming Alabama will be there. So the winner of the East, if they run the table, they would get in winning the SEC title – even if they lost that game, I think they probably would still get in. So Georgia, Tennessee could both get in at 12 and 0, 11 and 1, and then we'd see how the SEC title game went. Um, Alabama couldn't suffer two losses and get in. So, you know, there's a number of scenarios where two could get in. Alabama could win the SEC title game and get in. So Tennessee, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, two of those three I would think would get in. Obviously, most of it depends on what happens around the country. We saw what three undefeateds go down uh, in the past, what week, week, two weeks, um, more are going to go down. So, I mean, I, I think at the end of it, you're going to have an undefeated Big Ten pro- at the end of the regular season, undefeated Big Ten, undefeated SEC, you have an undefeated Clemson, and then you'll have a fourth team trying to get in. And that'll be the second best SEC team, second best Big Ten team. I, I don't think the Pac-12 or Big 12 has an undefeated, or I, I don't think they get a team in. Pac-12 won't have an undefeated. Uh, the Big 12 TCU will not run the table. So, I, 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 you know, for example, Tennessee's resume right now is just better than Oregon's or UCLA's. It will be better than TCU's. I, I think it's a pretty good chance that the SEC will get two teams in. Yeah, I think it will get two teams in. I think the real conundrum would be if Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia each has one loss. And to distinguish between those three teams would be very difficult. So that could so that could come down to style points and how impressive our teams are winning down the stretch. And Adam brought up an inter- interesting point with Clemson. An unbeaten Clemson team, to me, should not rank ahead of a one-loss SEC team. I, I just don't – I don't put much stock in Clemson's schedule. And it's had a lot of close games. Um very fortunate to beat Syracuse, uh, but it plays an easy schedule. It plays in an easy league. Um, so I, I would pick, I mean, that that would come down to the committee. They've got to look at this and do it. Uh, they can't just look at the record. They have to consider strength of schedule. So to me, I mean, if you go, if you had three one loss SEC teams and the only, and you had an unbeaten Clemson team and an unbeaten big 10 team, I mean, I think all three SEC teams should go in over Clemson. That won't happen, but I think that's what I think that would be three better teams. If Tennessee loses a close win in Athens, 
and then Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC title game, and and Alabama as the SEC champion gets in, and Georgia gets in, and Tennessee does not. If Alabama got in over Tennessee, you would you would you would see Knoxville uh, set on fire. <laughs> but but <laughs> it saying, will speaking Adam. figuratively, but yeah, but it absolutely would. Yes, Alabama would get in in that scenario. Tennessee would not. Well, there's one way to avoid all that controversy, and that's to just keep winning, beat everybody in front of you. And if that happens, Tennessee would go into the playoff as a number one or number two seed. It starts on Saturday night. You find all the coverage, knoxnews.com, as Tennessee welcomes in rival Kentucky. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Volunteer State.